So uh, one of the things with Minnesota Playlist is I get to just ask questions that I'm curious about and then have really wonderful artists to answer those questions for me or with me. And I did a, a um, conversation with some directors a couple months ago and then we cut it up into little podcasts. Um, and what we realized in doing that is that directors don't ever get to see other directors' work usually. And so comparing notes and talking about what you do was really fun and interesting. And then it occurred to me, really the only people who ever watch each other uh, work is actors. So um, there's a lot of roles that get played in the theater in which it might be fun to have a conversation. Um, I had always conceived of these things as just private conversations. But when Aaron called and said that uh, the Guthrie was interested in just having more things in the Kitchak Lounge, I, I wanted, I thought, well, that could be interesting, and I wanted to be supportive. Um, so it is a little strange to have you guys here, and I'm going to try it. I sort of moved the chairs to point this way so that you guys could feel a little bit more like it's a conversation. Hopefully this isn't a panel. So in panels, you have a bunch of people on this side, and they talk to you, and they tell you, a bunch of stuff that's very, very general and philosophical. And what, what I'm hoping we do, uh, Chris, you want to come and join us? What I'm hoping that we do is actually have a conversation among artists about how we do the things that we do, so that when it gets shared on Minnesota Playlist, which is a trade an online trade publication for the Performing Arts Institute, in case you don't know, uh, people can learn something from the experience of these fantastic artists here, who are all uh, wonderful people that I love talking to, and uh, think I will love talking to you. <laughs> 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 we'll see. We'll see. <laughs> well, you're new in town. So uh, that is the purpose, is for, for these artists to sit and have a conversation. And all of these artists are exceptionally high quality artists, and also people who work, who, who have a practice of working with community and engaging community, all in very different um, so this is not, and we're not going to figure it out, that's not the goal, or to say what it's supposed to be, simply to have a conversation about what we've done and what those experiences are. Um, and at a certain point I'm going to actually stop projecting towards you guys, <laughs> simply start talking here. But I, I did want to once again thank the Guthrie. Uh, I want to say that um, if this were a conversation around the table in my house, like the last one, um, what I would say is if you say something that you don't want uh, on, you know, publicly, I will edit it out. Um, so what I'm going to, and that may happen if we're having an honest conversation, so what I'm going to ask of you Strike is that last to simply, yes, we could have a court reporter. If you could simply be respectful of the fact that theater's a weird business and that we wind up talking about people, we have to, and we wind up talking about what's good and what's not good. And in talking about those things, it, you can sometimes say something where you didn't mean to give the impression that you were being that critical of something. Um, so, so I would say to you guys still, I can edit out things that you don't want in here. And I would just ask you guys to be respectful of this as a private conversation as much as you can. For the most part, I doubt anyone here is going to say something mean. Um, I doubt it. I don't know. Uh, if there's time at the end, and I will, I will try to make it so that there's time, we, we maybe will have a Q&A, but if the conversation is just going and it's interesting, you don't even want a Q&A. Um, and then one last thing for you guys, this will make your life a little easier. Uh, try to avoid mentioning people's names. Lar for, largely because uh, 
once you start doing that, you then feel the need to say the names of all of the people who are really great in that area. And, all, and this person does this great thing, and I love them, and they were my mentor. And, and then we're just sort of covering checkpoints, and we're not really having a conversation. So I'm just going to take that off the table. And if there are people that you feel like need to be thanked or mentioned or are great mentors, I can list them on the website when I post the podcast. So avoid as much as possible saying, you know, and so-and-so. Is, and he's such a wonderful person. You know, we just avoid that stuff. Um, does that make sense? Yeah. All right, we got a bunch of microphones here, um, and the first thing that I that would be great is simply if you would state your name really clearly, and we'll just go around so that we get that on the microphone. So why don't we start with you? Shay Cage. Jeffrey Mianza. Carolyn Levy. Christopher Lauder-Gardella. H. Adam Harris. Kurt Kwan. And hopefully you don't have to worry about leaning forward, hopefully with all of these things here. <laughs> I want to make sure the microphone is <laughs> We'll get it all. Okay, so, so the idea with this conversation was, um, j- broadly speaking, this intersection or this balance, or how do you, how do you uh, handle the tension, if there is a tension, between uh, what would be broadly called art for community versus art for art's sake. Um, Let me start off by saying that I'm sure everybody thinks they're doing both, or wants to do both, or the best way of doing art is to do both. So let's just, that's sometimes where a conversation winds up ending. It's all supposed to be this thing. Let's say we start there, and just take that for granted that everybody thinks that the best thing does both. And start talking about what it means, really, to try to do these things and to combine quality and community. Or not, if you don't think that that's necessary. Um, Starting probably with the sense of what does it mean to each of you to be artists who consider yourself community engaged? What does that that mean? Um, Maybe start with you, Chris, because I know you started doing theater because of community, right? Yeah, I would say that's what drew me into it is the opportunity to engage, you know, broad community. Of course, the the genre that I was working in was improvised theater, you know, with designed elements. So it was multi, you know, interdisciplinary, and really driven by, um, you know, I mean, some would consider it instrumentalization of you know art, but driven you, by what, social what movement, doing? social movement, you know, environmental movement stuff. Engaging people to create metaphorical theater with puppets and masks and invented, just invented things because I'm a very hands-on kind of person. So I came from uh, a place of being interested in, you know, hands-on, improvised theater, you know, very visual, you know, very, like, choreographic with groups of people. Could you be, like, what was the first thing you did? What What are you specifically talking about? Was the first thing I did? Uh, first thing I did was started like doing storytelling with like, with like, balls and objects, like improvising with object theater, and then kind of morphed into puppets. I don't know. It's the first thing I did. That's I mean, a hard what one. community were you working with that got you? A small it? community in. Well, I can go farther back. You know, like <laughs> as far as when did we start doing what we do? I was, you know, working at a summer camp. When I was very, when I was young and you know fresh out of college and kind of soul searching and working at a summer camp and wanting to enliven some, this you know 
a summer camp specifically for kids, you know, that were struggling from the Bronx and, you know, from the inner city, New York City, um, and wanted to activate and kind of connect, you know, everybody together in a really kind of um, compelling way with story and with, you know, with narrative, with song. Again, it started from a very interdisciplinary place. And so it really is kind of like an educational approach where I was compelled to bring young people together to create work that, you know, delivers some sort of, um, some sort of message to the audience, you know, about, you know, our struggles and, you know, social justice. And um, so it was really driven from that place. And then found myself going, oh, you know, this is kind of fun. And so... I didn't start as a professional artist and say, oh, now I'm going to go do community art. Uh -huh. It was quite the different. I grew up as a professional artist in the context of community engagement. Mm -hmm. So that's where I come from. Okay. Um, I had an English major, you know, and I kind of morphed into hands-on stuff. I said, I want something, you know, I came out of, with an English major I, with a fascination and like a deep love for books and literature and drama, um, but wanted to engage all levels, you know, like, for instance, in the educational establishment, just recognizing that there's a disenfranchisement of, of learners that are, that need their hands engaged, or need their bodies engaged, right, the kinesthetic hands thing. So that kind of led me deeply into that place, you know, the hands-on, they call it hands-on theater, or design-driven theater, where we're making things as we're developing, you know, very much like devised theater, but with things. Mm -hmm. Okay. Cool. So, okay. That's a great place yeah. to start. Where'd you start, Carol? Um, I started in a weird place, which was uh, as a theater major in college um, and involved in some political stuff, um, being told by um, uh, one of my professors who I considered my mentor at the time that I could either dedicate myself to my political activities or to the art of doing theater, but I couldn't do both. <laughs> and I was really young, and I believed him. You know, I, he, was, he was older and smarter, and I figured that must be right. And so I think for there was a period in my life where I kept those two things incredibly separate. Uh, and um, uh, went to graduate school, kept them separate, and moved to the Twin Cities, and started to work as a director and got very interested. I read this huge, um, I was visiting some friends in, in Madison and read this huge piece in the Wisconsin State Journal about a woman who had um, uh, killed her husband after years of being abused by him. Um, and at the point that she killed him, he was passed out drunk. Um, and it was the first time somebody had used, her attorney was attempting to use what we now refer to as the battered women's defense, um, which was that it was self-defense, even though at that instant he wasn't coming at her with a, a weapon or something like that. And um, it, I knew nothing about this. It was like, what? And I began to read, it, both in this article and other places, about a domestic violence and learned that the first shelter in the country was in the Twin Cities. And um, there was a part of my brain that was just angry and upset as a woman. I just was outraged. And there was some little piece of my head that was going, oh my God, what an incredible story this would make for the stage. And, and, and that was like, 
this real disconnect for me. I came back home and, and figured out that that first shelter was about three blocks from where I was living. And, um, and very naively, I mean, talk about naive, um, knew nothing about extreme security measures. I went and knocked on the door. And said, I said something really clever like, um, hi, my name is Carolyn Levy, and I'm interested in doing a play about domestic violence. And I thought maybe I could talk to some people here. I talk about naive. And it was about 20 below zero, and so she let me in the house because she didn't want to talk to me on the porch. And I think that I think of that as the moment when those two pieces of my life came back together. Uh -huh. um, and, um, and that's where it's been ever since. So that was in 1980. So uh -huh. I've, I've been doing this for a long time. Based on, on that, out of that became the uh, creation of a, a theater company, the Women's Theater Project, and this new play called um, the women here are no different. I got together with the playwright, and, and she and I interviewed all these people and did all this work, and um, the people at the shelter saw what we were doing as this real gift to them. And so getting involved with that community of people working in the area of domestic violence and doing, feeling like we were doing a play about them, for them, for the larger community to uh, tap into what, begin to understand what was going on. And the whole idea of um, theater that was really involved with social change, uh -huh. that was about not only um, informing and getting people to, to recognize issues, but also talk about them, maybe change their behavior. Uh -huh. So I think that was the, a, big, a big piece of that theater company, but also pretty much everything I've done since, both professionally and as a professor. Thank you for joining us for episode one of our conversation with six amazing local community-driven artists. Come back next week for another section of the conversation, and thanks once again to the Guthrie Theater for use of the Kitchak Lounge and the invited audience for laughing at all my jokes.